Welcome to the Retire Notes podcast series about preparing for retirement. I'm Kim Peets and I'm talking to Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. Bruce, you're talking about well-being and the flourishing life today. Why is this important for preparing for retirement? Mm, yeah, my emphasis in the book Retirement Ready and, and on the website as well um, is really taking about a whole-of-life approach to preparing for retirement. Uh, that's the best way. I mean, mm. any stage of life, you should live life to the full, a whole-of-life way. And uh, if you prepare it now, uh, as you go into retirement, that will stay with you. Mm. So that's important. Where do we start? Well, Martin Seligman, he's the man that came up with this concept of the flourishing life. Well, he didn't come up with the concept, but he's done some research in mm. it. Uh, he's the founder of Positive Psychology uh, when he was the head of the American Psychology Association, he said, how come we aim to get people from, let's say, minus five to zero, to normal or something? Said, what so zero happen? is normal. Zero, zero is, is normal. normal. Okay. Yep. yep. Do you feel zero today? Oh, I, I wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> well, so I'm a little bit <laughs> yes. in the positive, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. he, um, he, he said, look, we as psychologists should be work, helping to work people from zero to plus five. Yes. So yes. That's that's why it became known as uh, positive psychology. Okay. And he wrote a book called Authentic Happiness quite a few years ago now. But then a couple of years ago, he said, you know, that's not deep enough. It's not deep enough. Our aim shouldn't be happiness, but to flourish, mm. which is the name of his more recent book. So it's called Flourish. It's called Flourish, yes. Oh, so what does he say now? Well, he suggests there are five pillars for a flourishing life. Mm-hmm. First one is positive emotions. That's experiencing positive feelings such as joy, calmness, mm. satisfaction. Mm. Second one is engagement, being interested and involved in life. Mm. Relationships, feeling loved, valued, connected with others. By the way, he suggests an interesting test for, of friendship. Oh, what would that be? Do you have someone you can call at 3 a.m.? Uh, mm, that, is that the test? That's the test. That's the test. <laughs> yeah, you should try it with a friend tonight. <laughs> I think you, I might. You don't have my number, do you? Um, I might. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble. <laughs> Look, the, the next one was meaning having a sense of direction, feeling that our lives are valuable, worthwhile, connecting to something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And the fifth one is accomplishments, the belief and ability to do things that matter most to you. That, that's achieving goals and having a sense of mastery over some things. What's interesting there is that in Australia, using his uh, approach as a base – um, a survey was released during Psychology Week, mm, the mm. Australian Wellbeing Survey, and it's broad ranging. Mm. You know, for instance, uh, it asked to list three things that make the, for the good life. Can you guess what the most popular were? I have no idea. Share, okay. share. Share, share. Yeah. First one was good health. That mm. was a top response. Mm. Good health. Second one was family and relationships. And then came money and wealth. And it's interesting, the first one, 57% said health is the thing, health and well-being. Yeah. Second one, 50% said family and relationships. Yeah. And the third one, only 40% said money and wealth. Mm. Um, the big thing is our well-being is in our hands. Mm. It's in our hands. No one else's. Uh, Peggy Kern, who talked about this survey, she said it's clear that well-being doesn't just happen. Mm. People are actively doing things to support their well-being through physical, social, mental activities, mm. do much better than people who don't do such activities. It's, it's in our hands. Okay. It's that simple. It's in our hands. And 
What's more interesting for those in the retirement zone, that's before and after retirement, yeah. older Australians had a higher sense of well-being. True. They were lower on negative emotions and loneliness than those younger, the 65 plus years old. Do you think they've got the secrets to life? They've finally got the secrets got that f- maybe, you know, mm. someone in my age doesn't have. Well, I've had a few years trying to think it through, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but awesome. there seemed to be a, a sense of contentment, which was positive. Yeah. yeah. Look, it may be that retirement naturally brings this sense of well-being you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, I suspect it has more to do with what Peggy Kern said mm. about actively doing things, being involved, which anybody at any stage can do. See, retired people can get to choose yes. what they're getting involved in. That's it. Whereas people who have to go to the office every day, have to go out in the paddock, whatever, they don't have that kind of choice. That's, that's true. That's mm. true. And what can we do to make that happen? Well, we're talking about well-being. That starts with us. A healthy lifestyle, for instance. Knowing ourselves, understanding how we respond to certain pressures, how we respond to certain activities, having a hobby, mm. being open to new experiences, they're all positives for well-being. Um, learning about the broader world, all, all these kind of things add to a higher well-being rate. Mm. It's kind of fascinating. And again, these are the kind of things that we can set ourselves out to do. It it. takes some thinking. It does. It does. Talk more about the healthy lifestyle. Like, what does that look like? Mm. Okay. Actually, the survey listed several self-care activities. Mm. Adequate sleep was one, for instance. Nothing beats a good night's sleep. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. (laughs) And if you have several in a row, that's even better. (laughs) Or every night. Imagine that. Not even feeling tired. Yes. We spend a lot of time feeling tired. Yes. (laughs) And part, that's part of today's life, unfortunately. Mm, mm. Um, keeping active. I mean, active life keeps coming into it. Mm. all these things. If you, mm. if, if you want to have a satisfying life, whatever stage, being active is so important because it keeps the body going. It yeah. keeps the mind fresh. It keeps fresh. those little, yeah. little happy, happy genes in our, in our heads going as well, I think, yeah. isn't it? Doesn't it release all those happy hormones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's exactly it. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, th- this survey just kept bringing these things up. Um, those who kept ac- active were significantly higher on the five pillars of flourishing life. That's, w- that's what they discovered. Mm. Uh, diet, you know, those regulating five or more portions of fruit and vegetables and avoided sugary, sugary drinks scored high. Mm. Mm. Those who didn't do that were lower. There's, then there's being connected. Mm. Being connected is so important. What do you mean by being connected? Ah, yeah. Connected with other people. Okay. Um, we're wired to connect. That, that's a given. Yeah. And look, this gives us a sense of belonging, mm. connected with the family. This is our family. You know, you are not just solo here. It's mm. our family. Mm. Um, it, it gives a sense of identity too, mm. those kind of things. They are part of who we are. I mean, if you were to belong to a basketball team, that's my team. Yeah. We are a team together. Yeah. Um, those who are connected to close ones every day. You know, in your workplace, mm. these are your people because you are part of them. So mm. all, all this adds together. Um, those who took the time to connect with their colleagues scored high on well-being in this survey. Mm. And this is all healthy stuff. It is. And for retirees, when you get to that stage, being connected with people is very important. Mm. People outside you and your spouse or you and your family is incredibly important. And by the way. In the survey, those not connecting with people were more negative and lonely 
um, people in our lives are important for our own well-being. Mm. Even the hermits. So it's interesting, you know, I I think you've got people that are more, uh, you know, I've got you more extroverts who love the people contact. And you've got people that are a bit more quiet. They don't naturally, uh, they don't seek out relationships as you know, as obviously as say I would. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you <laughs> so, are a bit. You're of an saying ex- it's important. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is. important, and and you being a bit of an extrovert, I mm. picked that up. Oh, thank you <laughs> <Yes>. for noticing. <laughs> um, you find it very easy to go into a crowded room and and mingle and yes, talk not a people. problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. You know, introverts like yeah. me. <laughs> He's putting his hand up. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we we find it harder, and and the hermit types. They really do struggle mm. to, to do this. So what you're saying is the the intention. It's once again this intentionality of of making sure that you're part of your community, that you're engaging in your community in a positive space. Yeah, it so, is important. Yeah, it is important. It's um, great. Yeah. Now, now you had mentioned earlier about a survey. Did the yep. survey look at connecting through social media? They did. Uh, they did, um, and the answer is that it rated poorly. Oh, really? Yes, it did. It oh, did. I'm actually surprised by that. <laughs> well, well the, pr- the problem was this. They discovered that those engaged heavily in social media scored higher on negative emotions and loneliness. Why is that so? I, I, actually, I think I might know the answer to this. Go for it. I think places like Facebook, people have a, like a highlight feed. You know, you've got your news mm. feed and the highlight feed probably makes other people's lives feel inadequate because everyone's got a better life than them. Is, that, is, mm-hmm. that, is there something in that? There could be. I think there's oh, truth in that. I think yeah. there's truth in that. But w- what was missing was the face-to-face contact. Where social yeah. media was helpful was in rural areas where there wasn't a lot of people contact. So uh, it was positive there. Yep. Social media helped overcome loneliness in those areas. Yeah. But in the cities, no, it, it was seen as a downer. So, and, and that's worth knowing it, because it's face-to-face. It certainly is. You know, talking across a table like this yes. is much more important than catching up on, on Facebook. Uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. Yeah, and, and you're quite correct. I mean, people do live the ideal life on Facebook. You can, well, the, the reality is you can edit the bits that you yeah. don't want. You're yeah. not going to put that up that you had a massive fight with your husband yes. or your kids told you you're a terrible mother. Yeah. I would never, you know, put that up. Yeah, of course I'm not. a you brilliant don't. mother, of course, by the way, but, you know. <laughs> but I think, yeah, people are editing their lives on Facebook and so you only see the best. You're seeing the best hits, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. But look, the bottom line is that life is meant to be well lived and uh, yes. those who come into retirement having lived well have an advantage. Mm. They they know what it's about. Um, too often preparation is limited to finances. If I'm financially right, mm. I'll be fine. But well-being is certainly more helpful than finances. So it's not just a matter of living a zero life. You were talking about flourishing. And yep. can I just say, I have read heaps of books on happiness. Like I think I'm a happy person, but mm. I think I'm on a, on a little bit of a journey to saying, well, what, what is real happiness and what does that actually look like? And I think that you've really kind of tapped into that and I love this whole thing. But once again, you can't just one day retire and decide, right, I'm, now I'm going to flourish. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, if you've retired without doing any of this and say, well, now I want to do this, yes, you can yeah. work on it. But I, I think the real secret is it's in our hands. Mm. You know, Seligman started, um, he, he, tells, he loves to tell this story because I've heard it 
uh, I've read it several times in several places and I've heard he tells it all over the place. Mm. But uh, when he and his daughter, Nikki, were in the garden one day, way back, way back, girl was five at the time, and they were pulling weeds. And uh, he's a very orderly man. And so he was pulling his weeds out neatly, putting them down. But Nikki, the daughter, she's just pulling weeds out and throwing them in there, having a ball. And he, he was <laughs> he was getting really upset That's by not this. Working. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he actually growled at her and said, Don't do that, you know, this kind of thing. Anyway, Nikki, five years of age, pulled herself up to a full height and walked over to her dad and said, Dad or Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Before I was five years old, I was a bit of a whiner. And uh, when I turned five, I promised myself I would not whine anymore. And I haven't. Bless. And if I can stop whining, you can stop being a grouch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And that's what started him thinking about positive psychology of all things. That's why he tells the story. But I, I tell the story here to say, yeah, it's in our hands and we can choose well, not to be a grouch for a start, yeah, but yeah. we can choose to take uh, in hand our life from this point forward, make it into something that's more positive, into a more flourishing life. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Bruce. And remember, you can always go to the retirenotes.com website for more information, or you can find or order Retirement Ready at bookshops or on the website. 